Experience the Jared difference. The best prices on an amazing selection. Select your diamond gift today from hundreds of styles they're sure to love. Jared. Love brilliantly. My name is Tracy Ariel, and I am unapologetically Canadian. Here at the Black Prince Winery. And Canadian Vinegar Cellars. Canadian Vinegar Cellars, and we are talking to Pete... Bradford. Bradford. Like the town Bradford, B-R-A-D-F-O-R-D. Yep. And we have just been doing a tasting of the most amazing vinegars I've ever tasted in my life. And they all started by accident. So tell me about the beginning of your vinegar experience. It was, well, I'm, I'm a cooper uh, by trade, so I make barrels. Um, and uh, the interest in the barrels has been going um, for my entire life. But I basically started getting a little uh, real about it um, about 35 years ago. And uh, it was uh, back at that time where I had spoken to a couple of guys in a Greasy Spoon restaurant where we had breakfast and we talked about where we lived and, and what we did and all that sort of thing. And I explained expressed at that time that I was interested in becoming a cooper so it was a and we said our goodbyes and everything and it was a number of months later where I got a knock at the door and there was a gentleman who had four barrels in the back of his truck and offered to give them to me so I accepted that and had the barrels and not knowing what to do with them or what to do anything about them other than to look at them um, over a couple of uh, months time um, another gentleman showed up and asked me if I was interested in some bulk sherry that had started to go to vinegar on them. And I said, uh, absolutely. So took it and put it into the four barrels that I had. And it, by basically the grace of God, sat in the, in the garage for 20 plus years, um, aging is, um, into vinegars. Um, and then uh, when it came basically to disposal time of thinking about getting rid of this stuff because I'd forgotten about the barrels, um, I went to dump it and uh, I tasted some of it and found it quite amazing. Um, so it grew from that particular year of three barrels up to about six and then it went to about 12 and then 30 and I'm now sitting at about 250 to 280 barrels full of vinegars. Wow. Um, actually, just to go back to the beginning, because a cooper is a person who makes barrels. Yes. And most people don't necessarily know that. Uh, this is a an art that has been around since, I mean, the 1800s at least, probably the 1600s, because you had to make barrels in order to keep anything preserved. So the kinds of things that preserve in barrels include wine and vinegar and what else? Um, there's soy sauce that's done, and, and quite frankly, barrels actually go back centuries, um, thousands of years, probably, uh, well, back to the, 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 the Romans and the Greeks. Um, so it's been, it's been a, um, a, a trade and, and, and a vessel that has been around basic, basically since the beginning of civilized world. Um, uh, so it's, it's 25, 2800, 3000 years old. Um, and then when it comes to the vessel itself, it, like you say, it's used for wine, um, but spirits, so bourbon, whiskeys and rums, um, soy sauce is done in it, which I'm going to be doing a soy sauce this oh, fall. Oh, fabulous. So That's going to be a new experience. I, yeah, right? I build, uh, I build 
old small fermenters, wooden fermenters, so 500 liter fermenters. Um, and I've got one right now that I'm going to be doing a soy sauce this fall in. So, so you won't add wheat, so I, I'll be able to eat I it. have got a clue how to make it, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out like everything else that I've done. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, but uh, hot sauce and um, pickles and you, you name it. So just about anything that's fermented or that can pre be preserved, um, it, it has typically historically been put into a wooden barrel. Now, um, as a, I'm, I'm a hiker, so I've, I've done a bunch of hiking guides, and people know that there's Cooper Lanes pretty much throughout Ontario and Quebec because Cooper was a traditional um, industry that people wanted to be part of. But how many Coopers are there in Canada now? I mean, um, well, I, I know of two Coopers in Nova Scotia, and they are called White Coopers. So they make barrels out of spruce and pine, so softwoods. And it, one is a historical site at the New Ross Farms. Uh, Walter is a cooper that, I, that both Marla and I had met. Uh, we spent a day in his shop. Um, and then there's another shop um, in the southern end of um, uh, uh, Nova Scotia. And they also are white coopers. They make pails, buckets, um, small barrels for the fishing industry. Um, when it comes to wet barrels, so hardwood barrels for wine, spirits, that sort of thing, um, right now as it stands, I'm the only one doing it in Canada. Wow. I've got three apprentices, um, and one or two other people have learned from me in the past, um, but uh, there are three pr apprentices right now on the go. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. So yeah. this particular tradition is actually going to be carried on yeah, after Absolutely. All. It was always a goal of mine when I first started this to, to have a couple of people before I retire. So I've got about 10 years left in me to, to keep on plugging away at what I'm doing. Um, and uh, but uh, yeah, there will be there will be at least three other coopers. So I'm hoping that they're going to open their own shops and things will carry on and evolve. Awesome. Um, there's enough business in each province of Canada to have three or four cooperages, if the right marketing is done and all that sort of thing. There was always way more work than I ever wanted to deal with. Right. Okay. And and in terms of so the cooper side, you've got a cooper side to your business and you've got the vinegar side to your business. So can you talk a little bit about how the vinegar side has evolved and um, where you're going from here with that? Um, well, the evolution of this of this mess that I've created, um, <laughs> it's it, it, um, I, I, I learned old school when it came to learning how to make barrels. Um, and I lend that only to one gentleman outside of Kansas City, um, Dale. And um, I was I was fortunate enough to learn old school. So what I've kind of done with the vinegars is it's taken a big interest of mine. I'm not a drinker. I don't drink alcohol really at all. I have a glass of wine once in a blue moon or a beer, but I'm not, I'm not a drinker. So I always thought it would be kind of neat to really progress with the vinegars be, being an un, un, alcohol, a non-alcoholic beverage or ingredient. Um, so uh, I've sort of studied what the Spanish and the Italians and the Portuguese do with their barrels and how they age vinegars and Solera systems and, and cooling systems and how barrels are stacked and how that, re, re, um, how it, how that affects the aging of whatever is in the barrels, the temperatures, the environment that they're kept in and all those sort of things. So I've kind of 
I kind of, um, I love what the Spanish and the Portuguese do with barrels. So it's not just uh, vinegars, but it's ports and it's sherries and olive oils and all of the different things. It's, uh, wine is, is kind of at the bottom of the list for, for me when it comes to barrels. Um, uh, no particular reason. It's just not where my interest really lies. Um, but uh, I find it fascinating what they do. So old school on the vinegars too. So that's... You know, the peach vinegar has been in the barrel for 25, 26 years. They, all, all of vinegars are aged minimum. Uh, it takes five to seven years for the alcohol to dissipate. So every vinegar from a starting point is five to seven years old. Now, what's interesting about aging vinegars in a barrel is that the alcohol dissipates through the barrel itself. Yes. And so um, that's, and yet they don't leak. Can you talk a little bit about the the leaking versus it's it's kind of it's kind of the vapor, but at the same time it it's it's a little more it's a little more complicated than that. There's a there's a starter a mother that I've that I use um, that I was given um, or or traded for a number of barrels that I built for from an Italian gentleman in trade for the starter. Um, that starter is really what takes the vinegar to a whole new level, um, but it's that starter work, the, the work that the starter does on the, with the enzymes within the barrel or within the vinegar. So it's pulling air in, it's constantly stirring and drawing air into the wine, which increases the acidic value. So it's basically an over-oxidization of the wine um, to, to increase the acid. And then it's the, it's the water molecules or the water vapor plus the alcohol vapor that evaporates through the wood in the barrel, which is called the angel share. Right. So on a typical vinegar barrel, I lose anywhere from five to eight liters of vinegar every year out of the barrel. And that is water, primarily water molecules, and some of the alcohol. Most of the alcohol is eaten up by the actual, and it's not even eaten up by the by the mother. It's the mother working away on the enzymes within the barrel that's constantly bringing turning air into the wine, which is air evaporates alcohol. So I'm never afraid to pull the bung on the barrel five, six times a month, whereas wine, you put wine in a barrel, you put the bung in, and you leave it until, it, until you're at least tasting from it, which is anywhere from five to six to eight months down the road. So the barrels are constantly being opened. New fresh air is being brought into the barrel every time you open it or take the bung out, which regenerates and, and revives or gives the mother a little more energy to keep working. Right, and just for um, listeners as well, the, uh, you use mothers with sourdough, you use mothers with kombucha, yep. you use mothers with anything that you're fermenting over a long period of time and that you want to have a starter. Yes. So um, when I was a kid, we used to call sourdough a uh, monster dough because right. it actually has to eat all the time, and that's you feeding the mother. Right. And so in this particular case, you don't feed the mother. The, feed, the mother gets fed by opening the barrel frequently and getting the oxygen to and, it. And I'm increasing. So I've got, a, I've got a mother barrel that I draw mother from. So when I'm starting a barrel, I take five liters of mother out of my mother barrel and put it in the barrel that I'm starting. Ah, but okay. when I take five liters out, I'm also taking 10 liters of vinegar or wine that's coming in the door and putting it in the mother barrel. So every time I use the mother, I'm taking five liters out, but I'm putting 10 liters in. One, to feed the mother with fresh, and secondly, to increase the volume. Right. So that 15 liters of mother that I got 14 years ago is now grown to uh, close to 650, 700 liters of mother. 
And I just want to say this because so many people don't actually prepare their own food, let alone actually prepare their own artisan products like right. this. So it, it gives you an idea of how <clears throat> basically once you start with abundance, you actually create more abundance. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's a, it's a very important concept in the world. You're either dealing with abundance or you're dealing with scarcity. And it's a much more happy life if you can actually work on the abundance side. <laughs> Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about your um, how you set up your life? I mean, you're as an artisan, it must be kind of hard to make a living in Canada these days. What's going on? Yeah, it's a it's a tough a, any small business and in and a, and, a, and I don't have any experience outside of Ontario, but any small business working in Ontario is really tough. There's the labor laws, and then there's all of the all of the the health and safety, and and yes, it's all necessary. But at the same time, it's it's a tough go. Ontario or, or Canada is a, pl- a hard place to to have a small business. There's yeah. there's no question about it. Um, but um, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I've been through my hardships. I went bankrupt not too long ago. It was uh, five years ago. And uh, basically I lost everything. And it, it's kind of, uh, I think it's the entrepreneur thing. It's going to happen to you once or twice. And you jump in with both feet. And if you get knocked down, you stand up, you wipe the dirt off your jeans, and you carry on. Or you start over. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I've done. Um, and... Um, you know, as much as here I am, sixty years old, and wishing that I had a retirement program or a retirement fund, which I don't. But at the at the end of the day, it's only money, and and at the end of the day, you have to enjoy it. So I enjoy the people that I meet. I meet amazing people from all over the world. I get invited all over the world to go and do things and and be places. I haven't taken any of them up on it yet, um, but uh, and I've met some crazy. Um, musicians and uh, movie stars and artists and all and it all has to do with this so uh, I'm, I'm a believer in opening up everything to the universe and not to sound too corny or anything because I hate sounding corny but just if you open up and you let the good things happen then the good things will happen yeah. and the bad things that happen you just got to kind of get over it and get on with it so that that's sort of the way I look at it and uh, I take on the day with a smile on my face and I hope I end the day with a smile on my face and the ones that do that for me are the ones that I meet in between and in terms of your creative entrepreneurship because that's basically that's what you are you have both sides um, can you tell me some of the challenges that shocked you about being on either side, mm. either the creative side or the entrepreneurship side. Um, wow, that's a that's a big question. Jeez, <laughs> um, uh, with, without without pulling some industries into this, and and I because I I don't want to, I don't. It, it's it's been a it's just been a tough go, um, and I think probably one of the hardest things that I found as a Cooper. Um, one was um, you're Canadian, so you don't know what you're doing. Um, I had that response from a number of different uh, uh, companies. I'll just call it companies. Right. Um, Is that because Coopers are considered a European, European trade? European trade. Yeah. Yeah. So, so very, it, that's a t- very typical for almost all our artists. Any artist. Uh, creative person in Canada actually yep. faces that. I mean, how many? You know, the group of seven went and studied in Europe. Yep. yep. <laughs> and then, and then the other thing that that I, but I always find it funny, and I still do to do to this day, and that is, you're a Cooper. What are you doing making vinegar? Because vinegar 
is out there in the world is bad wine. Well, no, actually, it's really good wine that just happened to go to vinegar. Right. Um, but but so when you're when you're a a cooper a company that's that's developing and you're making barrels for different industries and they're learning that you age vinegars in barrels, then that's kind of a an oxymoron or whatever you might want to call it. We like um, to call it multi-passionate. Uh, well, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I call it a big, oh, whatever. Like, take your opinion and shove it kind of thing. doesn't matter to me. Now, we were talking earlier a bit about the, the different kinds of, uh, you don't actually do any advertising. You tend to get your attention from word of mouth, and yet you're actually exporting now your work to several different companies. Can you tell me which which work it is and how you divide your two businesses up and where it goes? Uh, well, the, the, bar the barrels themselves, I don't do too much anymore. I've got three apprentices. I'm letting those guys learn learn the, the, the recuperating skills. I'm not building very many barrels, new barrels at all. Um, and and that may that will change over time over the next couple of years um, but and and it's only to introduce the the apprentices to to building new barrels um, they they all have a lot to learn um, there's way more to a barrel than just knowing how to physically make a barrel that's as a matter of fact that's the easy part it's, it's well even the sizing what's the there's three different sizes of barrels oh right? there's like 30 sizes 30 sizes yeah there's the, I mean I'm pulling a number out of the air but yeah there, I bet you there's 30 sizes Okay, so yeah. how many sizes do you specialize in? Um, there's a 24 to 30 liter firkin. Uh, then there's a 50 liter barrel, a 100 liter barrel, a 220 liter barrel, and then a 500 liter. Those are the key commercialized Those, those, those are the ones that I that I typically have done. And which countries are they going to? Where are they going to? Um, just it, it's been Canada and some to the United States when it comes to barrels, and that's that's as big and as far as I ever wanted to stretch or reach, um, because any more than that it involves more than one person, and I'm only one person. So right. and I, well, we're here at Prince uh, at Black Prince Winery, and they actually are one of the few wineries that have decided to use your barrels. So these are Canadian oak barrels yep. in order to do one of their um, uh, I don't know what Solaris cask. Uh -huh. It's like a brandy but it's yeah. more than that. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's a, in, in Prince Edward County there's probably about 15, 18 wineries that have used my barrels in the past. Some of them still have a couple of the barrels that they're using um, and then um, um, uh, it, some went down into the states, and that, that's pretty much as far as the the barrels have gone. When it comes to the vinegars, though, um, I've, it's gone to Tokyo, um, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, there's about four or five um, states, and pretty much across Canada. And it's the foodies and the, the big the people that kind of appreciate what you do for 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 what they have or what they like is food mm -hmm. and then um the chefs pretty much every one of those places that i just mentioned um that's that's the reason why it's gone primarily over the ocean across the ocean is to different restaurants and chefs now these chefs are all taking what your peach vinegar or yeah they're, vinegar? they're doing that they're doing the peach and then the solera the the original one which i'm down to only about 10 12 liters left and that then that's the end of it that's the 37 year old right um, which is extraordinary it's it yeah it's it's over the top um and then they take the peach the peach and the raspberry and the and the um the balsamic seem to be the the three main ones that are that are traveling around now yeah right. those yeah. are the ones that are truly appreciated yeah and how do you actually ship them 
Um, by, by the box. Um, or, I mean, it's, uh, so it's they're bottled. Yeah, yeah, they're bo- it's, bottled. Bo- it's bottled and then packed in boxes, and 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 most of the shipments are only small shipments. Um, you know, like two or three cases, or not even, sometimes not even that half a case right. um, to different places. Um, uh, and then there's other places. We um, I did a big order in January, um, and it was 400 cases, and it went to Taiwan. Oh my gosh! And okay. and, and, and You're that lucky and, and that representative has already contacted uh, me back saying that they received it. They and, they and he's liking it. They're liking it in Taiwan, and that he's hoping to put in an order twice or three times the size for December because he wants to take it to China and to, and Japan. So it's uh, yeah. So you're working with other entrepreneurs too, who are actually yes. spreading your word. Yeah. Oh, that's very exciting. Yeah. So before I get to my last question, which you know about is is whether or not you're Canadian and what you think. Do you, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you really want to mention? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, no, no. Okay. Okay. No. So then, my last question, and all of my podcasts are always this: Are do you do you consider yourself a Canadian, and if so, what does that mean to you? Wow. Yes, I am a Canadian. I'm a 100% Canadian. I'm very proud to be a Canadian. My my the generations of my family have been Canadian six generations. Uh, started in Ireland, uh, and East Coast to Godrich, Godrich, Ontario, oh, yeah. and Dungannon, Ontario. So my great grandfather and my great great grandfather were both blacksmiths in Dungannon, Ontario, outside of Godrich. Uh, my grandparents had a butcher shop in Godrich. My grand, my father was a was a butcher before he became a vice principal in Scarborough Board of Education in Toronto. Oh my um, gosh! Okay, um, but. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I take great pride in 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 um, the fact that uh, w- my family was not in any of the military services because the services they provided were necessity in necessities in the communities that they were living in, right. which is the blacksmithing and the butchering. Um, so um, uh, I, I take great pride in that. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got my great grandfather's uh, blacksmith shop. I just found his blacksmith shop in Dungannon uh, four years ago. Oh. And and I managed to buy the the bench. His his last his name's carved into the back of the bench. Um, uh, George Bradford, um, 19, uh, 1923, uh, is carved into the bench. I managed to get his blacksmith um, uh, vice, which is part of it, and and the blower from the um, from the uh, um, from the forge. Um, so I I, I yeah I, I'm Canadian. Hundred percent Canadian. I love it. it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't live any other any any other place in the world. Um, we've got the greatest country in the world, and and yeah, would, I think Canadians like to have fun, if they, if they're given the chance, the opportunity to have fun. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time, and I love 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 your vinegar. Thank you very thank much you. for introducing us thank you. us to your art. Very nice meeting. Good to meet you too. Thank you for listening to Unapologetically Canadian. This episode was brought to you by Kobo. Use my affiliate link from the show notes for $5 off your first order today.
Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items.